Painful and wanted events are going to happen to all of us, right? So forgiveness for me is just letting go. We have over 60,000 thoughts a day, 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before, and 80% of them are quite negative. So oftentimes I believe that the most painful part of an event is actually not the event, it's actually the story that we create. In my working with my healer, we uncovered a shocking past life connection to the very healer that I was working with. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Welcome to the show, Judy Miller, a four-time best-selling book that she wrote, different than a four-time best-selling author. And I think that the four-time best-selling book, meaning it became a bestseller in multiple categories, is such an important thing because uh, the way that the world works today and your message the fact that it applies to so many different categories is such a cool thing. So congratulations on that. The name of Judy's book is Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Judy, welcome to the show. What an important topic that we're talking about today and so happy to have you here. Oh, it's so great to be here, Amy. Thank you. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of things around forgiveness and different kind of ways to go about forgiveness. However, this is what I want to know. On your journey, at what point did you say, okay, this is an important topic? So I think that's a great question. You know, for most of my life, I actually felt different. I felt unworthy and I felt incomplete. And I went through this journey and I realized that I no longer had to feel that way. And as I look back on my life, I realize that my life is totally different. I'm so much happier, open, and joyful. And all of that really had to do with forgiveness. Did someone teach you forgiveness or did you have to learn it on your own? I learned it through the experience that I went through. Tell us about this experience. Sure. So first, I'd love to just define what forgiveness means for me, because I know that there's probably so many different definitions of forgiveness for so many people. But Painful and wanted events are going to happen to all of us, right? So forgiveness for me is just letting go, letting go of those painful contracted stories and negative energies so we can literally just move forward in our life and experience true and ultimate freedom and joy. And I really do believe that forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. It's an act of self-love. This is so great. I was writing this down and I couldn't write as fast as you were talking. And it was such, it was such a good nugget here. But uh, the, the fact that you just said, you know, it's a gift of self-love. And a lot of times I think people look at forgiveness and, and they think of it as forgiving the other person. And it's all about the other person. But you're really making it like intrinsic and saying, you know, forgiveness is for ourselves. So why is it important to maybe look inside as opposed to looking outside? 
So when I talk about forgiveness, it's not about condoning the actions of another person. It's exactly what you said. It's letting ourselves go, letting us release those negative stories. So Amy, as you can imagine, since you talk a lot about happiness, we have over 60,000 thoughts a day, 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before, and 80% of them are quite negative. So oftentimes I believe that the most painful or the, the most tragic part of an event is actually not the event. It's actually the story that we create and carry with us. And then it becomes such a part of us that we can't let go of it. So for me, forgiveness is really just letting go of that. Yeah, what you're talking about, uh, I'm sure you know this and have heard about this, is called uh, the negativity bias factor. And so we are all prone to negativity more than we are positivity. (laughs) So like I, I like to say, it's like we already have an uphill battle just because we were born, right? So to be a positive person, we're already on this like uphill battle. And so, you know, you say 80% of our thoughts are negative. Well, that's the negativity bias uh, factor of it. And it's not the event, but the story that we tell ourselves. So thoughts control our feelings, which control our actions. And so how do we let go of these stories that we are telling ourselves? Sure. So I actually use an acronym I like to call NEST, N-E-S-T. And N stands for notice. So many of us are actually on autopilot. Like you mentioned before, we have this negativity bias. And I believe, you know, thousands of years ago when we had to hunt and gather for food, it was important for us to actually notice and remember the negative aspects of a situation because it depended, our life depended on it. But we no longer live in that reality, right? So between stimulus and response, we actually have a gap. And in that space, We get to decide. We get to decide the story we create. We get to decide if we come from a place of love, a place of fear, whether or not it's an empowering story or a disempowering story. So I invite you, when you notice in that gap that you're starting to have a negative thought, just flick it off. You know, I have a cancel word and my cancel word is squash. So as soon as I notice myself having that negative word, I literally visualize myself squashing that thought. And the more fun you make it, the more joyful you make it, you'll remember to do it. So that's the end is to really notice your thoughts. Notice those 60,000 thoughts you're having every day (laughs) and don't be on autopilot. The other one, the E in NEST stands for truly experience the emotions and the sensations in our bodies. I really believe that our mind doesn't always tell the truth. And just to give you an example, before I got on this show with you, my my heart was racing, my stomach was fluttering, my throat was a little dry. And I could have labeled those sensations excitement, or I could have labeled those sensations Mm. as nervousness, but it's me who labels those sensations. So when an event happens, I invite people to truly feel those sensations in their body and then let it go. So Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote a book called My Stroke of Insight, and she was actually a Harvard neuroscientist who was actually able to cure herself from traumatic brain injury. But what really stood out for me, Amy, was the 90-second rule. And in the 90 seconds, when an event happens, either good or bad, it literally takes us only 90 seconds to process that event through our Mm -hmm. physiology. After that 90 seconds is up, it's up to us. Do we truly just let it go or do we create this negative story? So that's the E, is to truly experience the emotions and then let it go. S stands for scratch the record. And a lot of this I learned from Tony Robbins many, many years ago when I did the firewalk experience with him. I did it twice, <laughs> actually. It was so much fun. Nice. 
But basically our thoughts run like the grooves on a record and they play over and over again. Mm. So we need to scratch the record so we can't keep playing mm. the same story over and over again. And some of these methods you may have heard, um, you know, when you start to have that negative story or that negative thought, you know, cancel, cancel. For me, it's squash. You know, come up with your own funny cancel word. The other one is to... Um, this is the one I actually learned from Tony to do something so zany and crazy that you can't tell the same story. So mm. when my husband and I start to get into an argument, and if you've ever gotten into an argument with someone, sometimes you forget what you're arguing about, but you know, you have to prove your point. Well, when we get into this rut, we've agreed beforehand that we will reach over and grab each other by the nose. So of course, what happens? You start laughing. Yeah. It's like right. <laughs> the stupidest, silliest things, right? So you get out of that rut of having to argue and prove your point. So I invite people. There are probably certain stories in your life and certain patterns that you know that you have. So beforehand, come up with something zany or crazy, the crazier, the better, that when you fall into that rut, you remember to do. So that's scratch the record. And T stands for tender, loving care. I believe that so many of us feel isolated and I don't believe it's related to COVID. I feel, I believe that so many of us feel isolated because we've become disconnected from ourselves and from the creator or the God of our understanding. So we become disconnected from ourselves because we've abandoned ourselves physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. spiritually, and spiritually doesn't have to be religious. It's just that sense of being with yourself, that sense mm -hmm. of oneness. Yes. Um, so I think it's so important for us especially now to really just reconnect, spend time with ourselves, because when we connect in with ourselves, we know who we are and the outer world can't shake us. So what's some like actionable advice that you have in order for us to reconnect with ourselves? How do we do that? So I believe our mind spins at such a high frequency. It's almost like a fan. And our body and our hearts actually spin at a lower frequency, right? And you would never think of putting your hand up into that fan, right? So we need to slow down the fan and we need to slow down the mind so we could truly listen to our heart where love, joy, and happiness lives, right? And the ways that we can do that is through meditation. It could be through walking in nature. It could be anything that truly brings you joy where you could physically be in the moment enjoying it. You know, so many people have actually forgotten how to have joy. And I invite you to have yeah. five to 10 minutes of every day, just doing something that just brings you joy for no other reason than the fact that it brings you joy. So many of us are goal oriented, that everything that we do has to achieve something. And I invite you to just have joy and fun just for the sake of it. Oh, I love that. You know, one of the things that I think is like not given enough credence to is nature and being out in nature and whatever that looks like for you, no matter where you live, you can be outdoors and experience just the fresh air or, you know, um, for myself, I'm lucky enough to be able to have a beach very close nearby, mm -hmm. you know, and experiencing water in the ocean. It doesn't have to be the ocean. Maybe it's a little pond or a lake. But what that does to our senses is 
absolutely incredible. And I, and I should actually say, I think what it does to our thoughts and the way that we feel is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about your book. I think there's phenomenal feat here that you, that you have become a four-time bestseller in, uh, for that particular book. And so I want to talk about it. What really led you to writing this book? Why did you feel the need to have to share this message with the world? So as I mentioned in the the beginning part of our um, interview, I felt different. I felt unworthy. I felt incomplete for most of my life. But I realized that I no longer had to live that way. And when I look Mm -hmm. out into the world, I see so many people who struggle with things that I used to have. So if it's okay, I'd love to kind of share my story with you and the journey that I took yeah. that helped me to awaken. And I just want to warn you share ahead away. of time, it might sound a little unusual, maybe even uncommon to some we'll people. We'll take it. <laughs> so as a child, all like good. Many- <laughs> I love your story. I love your story. Go ahead and share. We all want to hear it. <laughs> so, so like many children, I had fears as a child. I was afraid of drowning, but I was also terrified of the dark. And I was also terrified of being assaulted and I'd never been assaulted. And I didn't know where these fears came from. And every night when I went to sleep, especially at night when it was quiet, I could literally sense and feel different energies around me. And it terrified me because I didn't know if they were there to help me or to harm me. So night after night, I would literally crawl into bed. I would pull the covers over my head and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until eventually I fell asleep. And Amy, this was my ritual. This continued well into my 20s. I started my career as a CPA. So here I was going to work in this very traditional lifestyle, very traditional job, and then coming home at night terrified of what I couldn't explain. And then I met my husband. He's also a CPA and we had two incredible children. And in the exhaustion of raising two children, commuting three hours a day to work and working at least 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, everything stopped. The energies, the whispers, the terror, it all stopped. But Amy, my children grew up and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. The energies, the whispers, the spirits, it all returned. And I I truly must have looked comical to my neighbors because I literally (laughs) would tiptoe around my house, afraid of who or what I might actually encounter. And, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night terrified. And soon my husband and I both began to lose sleep. And around the same time, Amy, I started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And my doctor said that I needed to get a hysterectomy. She was afraid that I would hemorrhage to death. So... I was actually terrified of the surgery and I really couldn't understand why. Um, I know that most people aren't comfortable with surgeries, but after being a CPA, I worked in finance for the healthcare industry for over 25 years. I trust modern medicine, but the surgery felt like the same terror that I had as a child and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a very good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging. It's by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was a former NASA physicist and she studied the human energy field and what she learned, she was actually able to heal people. So literally like three days before my surgery, I found myself Googling healers near me. And Amy, as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I heard the click of a lock like my entire life was locking into place. And I didn't know the role that that healer actually played in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal. And then after that, we started to explore this uncontrollable fear of the dark that I had that made absolutely no sense. And she introduced me to so many new things. She introduced me to past lives. I'd never even heard of such a thing as past lives. But Dr. Brian Weiss was a very prominent Miami psychiatrist. 
And he had a patient named Catherine. And Catherine had these unexplainable fears and phobias also. And just by accident during hypnosis, he actually was able to bring her back by accident to previous lifetimes that she had. And by understanding where that pain and that terror actually originated, she was actually able to let go of it. Mm. Then we also talked about my parents because we know we can inherit so many things from our parents. But the science of epigenetics tells us that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma from our parents as well. Mm. Not just their physical characteristics, but their pain and their trauma. So they say, Amy, every female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth, right? So for much of your mother's life, you were actually in there as an unborn egg experiencing her triumphs as well as her traumas. So that uncontrollable fear and terror that I felt every night and that returned was actually the pain and the terror that my mother felt when she was 12 years old and she was attacked. And Amy, I never knew that. I never knew that Mm -hmm. until this journey that happened to me two or three years ago. In that revelation, you would think that was the end of the story, but it's not. In my working with my healer, we uncovered a shocking past life connection to the very healer that I was working with. And Amy, in that moment of revelation, I could have felt pain, fear, anger, maybe even betrayal, but I didn't. I actually was able to see how all of our souls are interconnected across lifetimes. And Amy, how we could heal in any moment, in any time, in this lifetime or in any other. And I also was able to experience and see that a lot of the distress and unhappiness that we face is actually the thoughts that we create about the events and the traumas that we hold in our body. There's so much here. One is I absolutely love when people make you think differently. And you sharing your story just now made me think differently. And so thank you for that. You're <laughs> uh, that's, I think when people listen to this, they're going to feel very, very either connected to the story or they're going to feel very, very skeptical to some of the things that you're saying. And so what do you say to the people who maybe feel skeptical to Mm -hmm. some of the things that you believe that you experienced that you saw? And I think that's a fantastic question. You know, I ask people to read the story with an open receptive heart and just say, what if? And even if you don't believe in reincarnation, I believe in the story. There are so many lessons for all of us. And it's interesting because I come from this very left brain world, being the CPA and accountant, and my husband and my parents and my sister were all accountants. So here I am in a very, very kind of, you know, linear left brain world, having these experiences. So having these experiences, not something that I would say would be typical of what most accountants experience. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So keep an open mind is what you're suggesting here. And I have to tell you, I don't even know if I've ever publicly said this, but you did make me think about something that maybe we're a little aligned on. I also have this reoccurring dream of uh, essentially getting raped and not being able to say, scream. I've had the dream for so long. And I just think it's so interesting when you were telling your story, it kind of reminded me of of this like nightmare dream that I always have. And uh, when you're talking about like your parents' trauma, never have I thought this before, but again, you made me think differently in something I may explore. My mom also had some abuse 
uh, as a child and, and I don't know, even know into her teenage years, I guess. But so I'm almost wondering if that is the link because I myself did not grow up with any abuse or anything, but I've mm-hmm. had this dream for so long and I've never really understood like where it came from. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because one, it's a little aligned with your story, but two, you did make me think differently and mm-hmm. made me go, huh. <laughs> and uh, I love those moments, the moments <laughs> that make you go, huh. And uh, maybe listeners, maybe someone listening right now also had a similar kind of reaction, like, huh, I wonder if, right? And it's something that you use the word invite a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm going to steal it for a second. <laughs> but maybe it's something that we can invite the listeners to just think differently and explore. So I just wanted to, to you know, it's not just my experience. They've actually shown with Holocaust survivors, the pain and the trauma that their parents experienced was actually passed down to their offspring and their grandchildren. And they've actually shown with recent experiments with mice that they could introduce the smell of cherry blossoms to mice and then gently zap them on the feet. So after a while, just the mm-hmm. scents would trigger the same fear, even though the mice wasn't continuing to be zapped. But what was more right. amazing is that the mice's children and their children, just the sense of cherry blossoms elicited the same fear, even though they were never zapped. And Amy, they were never exposed to the father mm. that was zapped. Mm. Interesting. Science is uh, an amazing thing. And I think when we have the research and the science to kind of um, solidify our stories a little bit, it, un- it we can understand why. We can understand the why. And in this case, I think you've just kind of shown us like how we can understand the why in some of those cases. So thank you. What a powerful story. So what do you think is the biggest thing that you've had to forgive yourself for? I had to, because I felt different. I felt Mm. different most of my life. So I moved to the US when I was very young, when I was four years old. I was born with 11 fingers. I didn't look and feel like other people in my neighborhood and I can feel and sense these different energies. So I never felt like I belonged. But Amy, what I learned on this journey was what we hold inside is projected outward. Mm. So I never felt like I belonged because internally I never felt like I belonged. So my outer world was just a projection of my inner world. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a lot of parts of my story that may sound uncommon. So again, I'm inviting you to just have an open heart. Mm -hmm. But when my mother-in-law passed away, she actually came to visit me. And I'm not a medium, I'm not a psychic, but I think in that moment of grief, my heart was open Mm -hmm. and it allowed her to come in. And she literally showed me every scene that I had with my husband and his family. It went by literally in seconds, like when Mm -hmm. people describe a near death experience. And what she showed me was because I felt different, I made myself different. And that was my Mm -hmm. experience. Yes. You have a very powerful story and I'm assuming you work with clients, you help people through this. Tell us about some of the things, you know, some of the services that you provide for those listening that may want to connect with you. Sure. So I do coaching in two really different areas, energy. So everything is energy. So whatever your mother, your parents experience energetically, it could be passed down. So I help people work with their energy and I also help people clear energetic blocks that they may have inherited from their ancestors. And the beautiful part of it is we don't even need to know where it came from Hmm. in order to clear it. 
Where can people find you uh, if they want to connect with you? Sure. The best way is to go to Judy, J-U-D-I. So I spell it with an I, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R.net. And I have a free ebook there called Awaken the Creator Within, How to Awaken That Creator Within Yourself. So Amy, for your listeners, it's totally free. They can get it there, but all my social media handles are there as well. Awesome. And uh, they can get a copy of your book. There's links to your book on your website as well. So they can get it at Amazon. That's the easiest, but go back to my website if you get the book, because there's five free gifts, five free gifts from four members of the Transformational Leadership Council. And uh, I've been so blessed to have them as mentors. And they just wanted to give this gift to, to people who read the book as well. Awesome. I love it. Thanks for all the work that you do in the world. I have one last question for you, and it's a two-part question. The first part of it is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do? I would love more. I believe the reason we're here is to love and to celebrate. So every day, go out and celebrate. Awesome. I have so many things around that. I, I, what a bombshell answer. I love, you know, celebrate the little things, love more. Awesome. It kind of ties into the second part of the question, but if you had seven more days left to live and you were in a debilitated state, so you only had one last bit of advice to give the world, what would it be? So my story is about forgiveness and letting go of stories, right? So when we let go of our stories, labels, and judgments, we see everything through the eyes of love where there is no separation and there is only love and joy. Awesome. Judy, thank you so much for unlocking happiness. You are a light in this world. Thank you for all the work that you do. And uh, check out Judy again. It is judymiller.net and you can see all of her good stuff on there as well as get grab a copy of her book on Amazon. But don't forget to go back to the website because she's got some freebies there for you when you do. Judy, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was such a pleasure, Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me, or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.